and do you know how many people would probably like run away at the sight of dismembered legs? Yeah. Dude, there's a four foot bong and a bag of weed by your bed. <laughs> Which would make sense if you're driving well enough. It's in my pod! It's in my pod! I'm very easily startled, Mr. Finger. <laughs> Tillywinks, the parlor game for nerds, is nearing extinction! Which regulation body would regulate the uh, penis ring you were talking about earlier? <laughs> I'm ready to remain conscious as we record this show. Hey, welcome to Medical Stuff. Uh, this is the bonus episode. My name is Mark. Holy shit, we had 20,000 Frankum, and that is Chris 20,000 what? Finkston over there. <laughs> it's not so, so, so <laughs> like you made it. Uh, the way you said it, it was almost as though we have 20,000 Frankums. Right. <laughs> or, or like Frankum is a uh, or like nobody Fra- nobody wants twenty thousand Frankum. <laughs> or, or or like Frankum is a currency in right. it, like like uh, how much is that? Uh, what's the uh, U.S. exchange rate to Frankums? Right. Well, it's uh, <laughs> uh, it's a lot to not many. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, we've uh, we've hit twenty thousand downloads, which is incredible. And it is incredible. Uh, Something we're both very proud of and thankful for at the same time. Uh, it shows. So I, I told this to Chris the other day. It took us um, 15 weeks to get to 10,000 downloads. That uh, was 12 weeks. I told you 15. Uh, I'm actually looking at the tweet you sent that guy and you wrote 12. Oh, because I mistyped it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so. Fat fingers on a small screen, Chris. Sometimes you hit the wrong button. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so fifteen thousand down. Or, I'm sorry, fifteen weeks to get ten thousand downloads, and then it only took us six weeks to get our next ten thousand. So, we are thankful for that. We're thankful for everybody listening. We're sp- thankful for everybody spreading the word. Um, Spread the word. Yeah, uh, Chris and I are, are more than willing to sell ourselves anytime, any place for you know more listeners. Do we. I know um, <laughs> I had a patient who was diabetic, and her friend showed up to give her a ride home. And the patient said, hey, you want to learn about more about diabetes? Here you go, joking around. And actually, I was sitting there, I go, actually, if you want to learn more about diabetes, <laughs> listen to a podcast called Medical Stuff. We have an episode on that. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm not saying I'm proud of this moment in my life. I'm just saying, hey, there it is. You know, we can all judge it later. We'll, yeah. be, we'll let history judge. How about that? Yeah, well, it's funny. I was going over um, some text messages. So uh, just this summer, I was on vacation in Mexico, and Mark was texting me numbers on how well uh, some of our previous podcasts were doing. And um, it we were really excited. Like, oh, we got 200 views on this or 200 downloads on this one in in just over a week. Now 200 is basically the afternoon after we launch. Right. Uh, On our most recent episode – it's 24 hour run was over 300. Um, we were hitting 200 by dinner time on it. And so, and we'll do, we'll do 1700 listens, uh, in a week across all the episodes. Right. I mean, that's, that's a normal week now. And so, yeah. When there was a time when we were happy with 170. Oh yeah. Well, you brought up today that, uh, one of our later podcasts is already over a thousand. But yet, one of our earliest podcasts is still only at two hundred and thirty-four. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you're interested in that little rare gem, you can be one of the few people that has actually listened to a podcast. Uh, what is it, Narcan? 
Uh, it's EMS equipment and Narcan yeah. distribution. EMS equipment and Narcan distribution. That is 234. So, uh, ran a call yesterday uh, when I was a cardiac arrest, 21 year old male. We get there, and it's not a cardiac arrest, thankfully. Well, that's but, good. Uh, family had given the patient uh, intranasal Narcan, four milligrams. Okay. PD Ooh. arrived and also gave him four milligrams of intranasal Narcan. So this guy's had eight milligrams of Narcan. That's a lot of Narcan. That's a lot of Narcan. Say half a milligram usually does the trick. IV, anyway. So, yeah, this kid's like twitching and freaking out and telling us he's cold and then he's hot. I've, I didn't have the heart to tell the people on scene because he did the right thing. The guy was not breathing. Yeah. So we'd much rather have him agitated and twitching. But they kind of put him into de- into withdrawal because <laughs> he went from not breathing high to, yeah, nothing, <laughs> zero. So we kind of had to talk him down a little bit and uh, got him to the hospital and he's doing great. So, but that's a lot of Narcan. You should have just told him like, uh, it's probably the marijuana cigarettes that he smoked exactly. and then walk away. <laughs> So our bonus episode is going to be some questions that we've received, and we figured we'd just do a quick episode midweek so that uh, if you have any questions, and this is the times we can uh, answer them. So it, This one's all about us. Yes. It's all about us. It's kind of a hostful episode. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's actually interesting because I think the idea kind of came up is, is we, we get – we actually get quite a few questions about how do we do the podcast, why do we do the podcast, Um and I think that's probably a good question to open with. I'm just kind of thumbing through the questions here. So, uh, excuse my distracted tones. Um, I'm just going to tell you. So, Mark and I, we usually record uh, in in the same room. Uh, but tonight for this episode, we're actually doing uh, testing out some remote technology that we have. I'm broadcasting from an unknown location in North America. Well, Ridgefield. Anyway. Well, now I got to change that. Don't I? <laughs> I'm I'm recording for I'm broadcasting from a very known location in North America. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we actually so this question came up uh, by quite a few people, and that was um, what made. Well, actually, oh well, yeah, we'll start with this one. Uh, what made you? What inspired you guys uh, to start a podcast in the first place? And fun story, yeah. So I approached Chris about this. This is something I was kind of interested in. Yeah. And I approached approach Chris, Chris a number of years ago. Chris? Chris? Chris. Chris. Hey, it's late. I work today, okay? <laughs> um, I approached Chris about it, doing it, and he told me no. I did. I, I, re- I actually he flat rejected down. him. I did. Yeah. Slammed the door in my face and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, at, at the time, I had some other projects going, and so it just it wasn't the best time to do it. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, came back and talked to him a couple of years later, and we decided to go ahead and do this. Yeah, and I think, um, I think kind of one of the the questions. I mean, this isn't the question that's asked, but um, it is a question that if if you ever end up starting a podcast, it's one you'll have to ask. And that is not just why start a po- podcast, but why do you keep going with it? Um, right. And I'll, I'll and Mark will back me up on this. Doing this is a lot of work. This is, yeah. it's not a, it, it's not an overnight thing. It's not something that you can really 
back burner. I mean, Mark and I religiously, we don't miss it. You guys will not have an episode not hit on a Monday unless something catastrophic happens. And we religiously, right. uh, we come in, it's uh, every other Friday, and we sit down and we record two to three episodes in these marathon recording sessions. And a lot of times these are after we've gotten off shift for the day. Oh yeah, and then we you know then we edit them. We purchase equipment. Um, we spend lots of time fine tuning this equipment and getting it to work uh, right and getting us to sound good. And then on top of that, you're also managing uh, social media. You know, Mark right. does a lot of the social media management, and um, and actually the other and the other big part of this, and I'd actually say it takes up way more time than recording itself, is show preparation in the first place. Right. Which actually, well, we gotta, I mean, with our, with the show that we do, there's. It's not just sitting around. Okay, there's a lot of sitting around bullshitting in the show. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, but the factual information is stuff that we need to find. And it was interesting because we'll I'll come up with an idea for a show. You have a I have an idea, and you know you think of an idea and you kind of have an uh, you have it set up in your mind how it's going to go. And I'm always surprised by how often that changes once I start doing the research. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's um, – and it's kind of interesting. This actually rolls into another question I have written down, so let's go ahead and check it off. Uh, and that is – and I'm reading this question as it was stated to me. Um, it was, uh, do you guys prepare for a show or do you just sit down and see what comes out? Yes. That was, <laughs> that was uh, literally, uh, literally how, how the question was posed to me. And – the answer is yes, yes to both. Um, right. When we first started, we were a little bit more, all right, let's just sit, you know, we pick a topic, we'd each kind of research it on our own and then just kind of sit down and throw at the microphone what we had. <clears throat> and it wasn't that it wasn't great. It was just created for, well, it wasn't great. It just it created for kind of a disjointed show and a lot more editing. Well, as you, if you go back and listen to the original episodes, and please do, um, you know, they, they sound a lot more rough, and there was a sharp learning curve. I mean, Chris talks about the the investment of money that we put into it, and we have put some money into this. But legitimately, when we first started, we had one microphone, oh, yeah. uh, a laptop that Chris owned, and we were trying different places recording. I mean, we tried recording in a conference room at work, which turned out to be the worst place on the face of the planet to record. Yeah. We had a microphone sitting on a large, hard table and the room was brick walled. Yeah. Uh, which echo. Apparently I mean, things echo. It's like recording inside <laughs> of a toilet bowl. It was ridiculous. Right. You know, we did, th- we did not actually try recording inside of a toilet bowl. We're, we're speculating that that's what it would be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then we moved to two of those microphones. So we each had a microphone and that worked a little bit better. And then uh, through some creative gifting, uh, we actually got a mixer oh, yeah. and purchased some different microphones to the point now we can have uh, three people recording through the mixer. We could do four if we had another microphone. So, Well, a- actually, I mean, if we really wanted to do some kind of tweaking around with all the channels ins and outs, I could, I could do a total of uh, – I could probably do eight people on the thing. Um, right. Th- the problem would be fitting eight people in our studio. And if you could see me right now, you would see air quotes around the word studio. Right. Uh, <laughs> also known as the office uh, at Chris's house. <laughs> which uh, – which, I'm going to pat myself a little bit on the back because it's an office that like right now I don't have it set up like the studio, but I'm sitting in it that just looks like a normal office until you go to convert office. What's that? Yeah. Like a home office. Like there's a computer and the walls and you know, like a 
treadmill in the corner that no one uses. Something that everyone has. <laughs> uh, and then I have these stereo panels that, uh, and there's no holes in the wall to hold any of this up. I've jury rigged things with tape and sticks. Right. And there's basically these acoustic paneling that goes up all over the wall, cover the wall in foam and all this stuff. And there's wires running across the ground. There's a mixer board that's now on the computer desk and all this stuff. And it kind of pops out and it looks pretty cool. Um, yeah. To me. Oh, anyway. yeah. When we've posted some pictures of uh, when we set it up for recording. And it does. And I think that we come off with a really decent sound. I mean, can I say that we're like uh, professional studio quality? No, but I don't think we're that far off of it either. The Joe Rogan think. effect has a little headroom on us, but still. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, you, we decided to do this all in-house, but, I mean, there are apps out there you can use to do recording. So, legitimately, buy a decent microphone. I mean, there are people out there that do it on, a, on an iPhone or a smartphone. Oh, yeah. And they plug in a microphone to that, and they record off of that. So and that's a viable way to do it. I mean, you're going to have you're going to have some limitations with that stuff. I mean, there's a reason right. that professional podcasts um, have studios and mixers and mics and recording software and an editor. Um, but the I think the most important thing that Mark and I have kind of found out is that it's it's about content. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to listen to you. And as long as your quality uh, makes you listenable to where it's not like annoying, um, that's good enough to get started. That really right. is. And uh, from kind of the, you know, and Mark and I really are just getting our feet wet in this whole podcast thing. But the only time where you really start worrying about, or at least the people, the audience that I think worries more about listening to our quality is going to be people who are going to potentially advertise because they mm-hmm. want to hear they want to know what kind of what kind of professional or well what kind of yahoos are behind the microphones right. and if they can pull off something with good audio quality they can probably pull off a good ad and um but as far as the listeners are are concerned i think people just want to be able to hear you and that's it right well the thing is is that if you're not uh entertaining or pleasurable to listen to or you don't have good content People just check out. Oh yeah, you could you could have great quality if right if it's just shit that comes out of your mouth, but it's great right. quality. No one's gonna care. Yeah, um, this actually kind of rolls into another question that is like, what does it take to run a podcast? Uh, but I do want to finish that specific question by saying I don't know. Um, it's uh, what does it take to like to get listeners and to get it up? I can okay. I'm gonna rephrase that. What does it take to get listen? Uh, so listen to our uh, regular dysfunction yeah. episode. <laughs> uh, but what does it take to uh, get listeners and to keep it up? Yeah, I mean, you need a place to host the podcast. We use Podient. Podient's been great for us. They're a little right. bit newer, but they've been really good customer service wise. Well, I found that for I mean, there's a number of good platforms out there. We chose Podient because it's it's a good price. Um, they are not paying for this endorsement at all. If they would like to, we'd love to, you know, talk to them about that. I would like them to listen to the podcast. Right. (laughs) You know, but, uh, I liked for the price, we got unlimited hosting, we got unlimited episodes, we got unlimited bandwidth, and we get a lot of demographics that some other web, some other hosting sites charge more money for. Yeah. And so far, I don't think this has hindered our exposure at all going with, no. going with a, with, with a smaller guy. Cause at the end of the day, we're on iTunes. What gets your podcast listened to isn't necessarily where you host it. That can help in some ways, but it's more about where people can download it from. And right. 
excuse me, if you're on iTunes, if you're on Google Play, if you're on Spotify, that's how people find you. And if you're at a, and if you have a podcast host that can get you to those places, then you're good to go. Yeah. You know, um, you know what it takes to run a podcast? Well, we just touched on a good part of it, which is content. Find something that people are interested to listen to and, and find people who are interesting to listen to. Right. Uh, you know, a number of people have come up to us and when they're talking to us, and they're like, oh, I love listening to your podcast. Because the one that we get a lot is, um, I've gotten a lot of, is, well, I thought it was just going to be kind of a jokey spoof podcast but no you actually have some really good information in there right and it is a jokey spoof podcast in in, in some ways um, the tiddlywinks was deadly serious yeah <laughs> but well but the, that's kind of what i'm talking about is that we like to deliver the information but at the same time uh we'd like to make sure that that it's entertaining to listen to and so and one of the the other things too that i would say takes over a podcast is if you're going to do it solo, great. But if you're going to have a partner, uh, you need to have the right partner. That partner can really uh, make or break a show, I think. One of the things about Mark and I, we've worked together for a really, really long time. My very first 911 call in county, and this is 11, 12 years ago, uh, I've been with my current agency for uh, 14 years but my very first call in the county we serve was about 10, 12 years ago, and it was with Mark. And in a lot of ways, Mark and I are alike in the sense that our sense of humor, like what we find funny is the same. But there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that we're kind of different on, and it complements, I think. So, for example, the audio quality was far more of a concern for me than it was for Mark. Uh, Mark... <clears throat> was far more concerned with getting content out there that people can listen to than I was. And so what ended up happening was we each kind of gave each other, we didn't really try and control what the other one was doing. You know, Mark, he kind of let me go down my rabbit holes of audio quality, but at the same time, what all, uh, microphone and pieces at Chris's. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As a soldering experiment that didn't turn out too terrible. I learned a lot. Not too terrible, yeah. yeah. It learned a lot. Didn't necessarily be re- return to functionality, but that's fine. It, it taught us a lot of stuff about the audio. Yeah. Um, I, I disassembled. I completely disassembled a very expensive microphone to see how it worked. And uh, <laughs> and uh, came very close to making – and I think you could still pull it off, but we don't really have a need now making us lapel yeah, mics. Yeah, basically I, I got it at an expensive – expensive. so lapel microphones are microphones that, get this, clip to your lapel. Uh, and they're nice because you can move around a little bit and the audio stays roughly the same. Um, it's also better for like guests too who aren't familiar with, you know, hey, keep your face next to the microphone, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so these expensive microphones we had had three miniature microphones inside of them to produce the sound. And I figured, I'm like, well, I could butcher that thing, pull out each one of those high-quality microphones and pin it to people's chest. And it kind of worked. Kind of. Uh, but anyway, what I would say about Mark and I being a good pair here is if it was just me, we probably never would have released it out there. And when I finally did, it would have sounded great. And our workflow would have been really slow because I'd have been obsessed with quality. If it was just Mark, it probably wouldn't sound near as good as it does. And right. so, but the fact that... Because I, I have tried my hand at editing and I'm still trying to figure this yeah, out. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where we each have a separate set of skills that just happen to complement each other. Mark is... Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the social media stuff you see is from Mark. Um, Mark does most of the social media stuff. Uh, anything that's actually good is from me. And uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, it, it's important to find the right person to work with. Somebody you have a good enough rapport that you're not walking all over each other. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's got to have a good flow. So, that, uh, so next question then, maybe this one should have been first. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we were great yeah. together. <laughs> um, this is a, a kind of a question is that uh, it came with a comment of, hey, you guys never really introduced yourselves, uh, but how long, uh, what are your EMS backgrounds on how long have you been doing this? Mark, I'll let you go ahead since that's going to be the longer of the two stories. Good Lord. Um, so what was the question again? It was a two-parter. Uh, how long have I been in EMS? That, that's basically it. What's your okay. EMS background? Um, so I started in Oklahoma in 93. I got my EMT basic and quickly got hired on with a local service there and got my paramedic. I've been in EMS for about 25 years now. Uh, 18 of those next month, actually be 25 years next month. And 18 of those next month will be at the current company that I work and for. And you have a lot of like training background too, though, don't you? Uh, I do. I've done, I'm an ACLS instructor. I'm a CPR instructor. Uh, I'm a PALS instructor. I've also got my uh, instructor one for the state of Oregon so that I can teach classes. And you've taught a few EMT basic classes as well. Yes. Uh, myself and a friend of mine uh, taught successive classes for about five years for – uh, volunteer firefighters. So once a year, it was great because every year would be like, yeah, let's do this. And then by the end of the class, we're like, yeah, we're good for the rest of the <laughs> And it was only like three and a half months. But again, that was also on top of working. A let's change job, some so. lives and minds, man. Right. Let's stop doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to do this again next year. Probably not next year. Come around. Yeah, let's yeah. do this. <laughs> well, and you're currently a field so. trainer at our agency. Yes. So he trains every day. Yeah, I was training today. Had two excellent partners. Oh, good. Who, who are now fully aware of the podcast. I mean, mm -hmm. I wonder now if people talk about that, if they're like, oh, you're working with Mark, or oh, you're going to work with Chris today. Yeah, cool guy. He's probably going to try and get you to listen to his podcast. I actually don't push it that much on my podcast. Yeah. yeah, for the same reason. I mean, if it if it comes up in, the, if it comes up in conversation or like, well, William today, uh, one of my trainees, uh, I was talking to the wheelchair supervisor and I was playing him the uh, intro. And he's like, how have I not known that you have a podcast? <laughs> and uh, he was going to download it and start listening to it on the way oh, home. Oh, cool. So, but yeah, on shift, I don't ha harp on it too much unless it comes up in conversation. I usually save it for the end of the shift if I'm going to. Uh, just because right. that way, if someone's not really interested in it, it's not like, okay, then we got 10 more hours to awkwardly stare at each <laughs> Awkwardness. other. Uh, but for me, uh, let's see, I got my... Let's see. I started. Okay. You were started in, in pre-utero. <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so. For those of us who have listened to the last podcast, Chris's father has been a, was a paramedic for about 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Well, we, well, we haven't uh, posted the one the one we did with him. Oh, yeah. We finally right. did record an episode with him because we, uh, like we've told a lot of you guys about an episode where he was. We've recorded like three episodes with him, but the previous ones with – for various reasons, we had to either re-record or with audio issues and stuff like that. So we keep referencing the podcast with Chris's dad, but there's none out there to right. listen but to. Right, but there will be. There will be very, very soon. Mm -hmm. So we went ahead and recorded one with him. It was uh, it was a good time. But yeah, so yeah, my dad, I mean, he's been a paramedic since uh, – well, he's been a paramedic for – since 1978 was when he started. And uh, he started with the agency that I currently work at. And so paramedicine was always kind of in the background for me. Uh, but honestly, it was not a primary 
uh, career path for me. It was actually just kind of something I, I fell into a little bit. I wanted to do IT, uh, but kind of partway through that career path, I realized that I didn't really want to do IT for a living. I, I like computers. I like that kind of stuff as a hobby, but I didn't want to, you know, if you had to do that at work and then go home and it's your hobby, it'd be kind of like, like, when am I not working? You know what I mean? It'd be kind of yeah. bizarre. But instead, you decided to save lives for a job. Yeah. And, you know, IT for a hobby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's a cooler job. No, and actually, it was one of the things I didn't really realize I wanted to do it until uh, I'd actually witnessed. I was uh, 16 years old, just driving, and I witnessed a pretty gnarly uh, motorcycle accident where there was a fatality. And I got out, and I realized, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I have no idea. I was yeah. completely useless. And so kind of from there, I was like, well, if you should be good at one skill, you should, you should probably be like helping, like saving someone's life. Like that's of all the skills somebody should have. That's a pretty important thing to do, yeah. you know, like over soldering. So I took like some basic first aid classes and CPR. And I was like, well, this is kind of fun. Then I did a ride along with my dad and I'm like, well, this is really fun. And now I'm like, all right, well, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but anyway, right. as far as my actual EMS experience, though, uh, I started my EMT basic just out of high school, and I want to say I got it in 04. Yeah, 03 or 04. I uh, didn't start working for the current agency until November of 2004. So actually, it'll be 14 years November of, of uh, this year then. And yeah, that's been a lot of it. I was a volunteer firefighter with one of the local uh, volunteer agencies for about five years. And then schedule got kind of too busy with uh, two kids and uh, getting promoted to a supervisor that I had to kind of let that go. I do plan to return to it someday when the kids are uh, both in school. But uh, that's been about it. Other than that, uh, kind of had a similar path to Mark in the sense that I did the uh, paramedic, senior paramedic, field trainer, then supervisor jaunt. Uh, Mark ended up going back down to field trainer because he couldn't hack it as a supervisor. But um, <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, that was uh, that's kind of my path. So, that's my EMS background. So fun story. I went to a university in 1988, and first day of orientation, they had everybody take this um, uh, aptitude kind of test, right? whole bunch of people sitting in a hall. You filled out the paperwork and it tells you, tells you what you should be doing. Uh, initially, I thought I wanted to go into like science, uh, theoretical, quantum mechanics type stuff. And that's what, man, that's what I was there to do. So I take this uh, aptitude test and it tells me, yo, you should be in in the field where you can help people, like the medical field. And I'm like, I get a new one. Mine's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, I don't have a degree in theoretical physics. Um I am a paramedic, so that should tell you maybe mine wasn't broken. Right. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah. As it happens, I'm broken. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I did see this uh, this funny meme, and it said that uh, Myers-Briggs is the astrology of the LinkedIn world. <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, Myers-Briggs, by the way, is that personality test, in case people don't know, where right. it tells you if you're a passive introvert that likes clowns or right. whatever. And um, that's... <laughs> That's the Myers-Briggs. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, another question. This is kind of an off-the-cuff question, and I like it because uh, it doesn't have much to do with us, and it doesn't have much to do with medical. Uh, but this actually came uh, through a conversation, a face-to-face -face conversation I had with somebody over the transgender episode that we did. Mm -hmm. And partway through it, uh, they asked a question. It's like, yeah, no, because they're a listener. And they said, uh, you know, have you guys ever considered um, – Becoming trans. No. Uh, okay. Have you guys ever considered uh, talking about politics and doing a uh, political show? And then my immediate answer, and th I'm just speaking for me, uh, no. 
No. Uh, okay. My here's here's my reason on why I personally wouldn't want to do a political show, uh, a solely political show. Now, now here's the thing: if we're going to be talking about healthcare, sooner or later we're going to brush with politics. That's just going to happen. Right. Um, the transgender episode. I mean, obviously that's a political hot button from time to time. That becomes a political hot button from time to time. So some people may have felt that yeah, we we brushed with politics there. Um, we've talked about you know, public administration of Narcan or public availability of Narcan, that's going to brush with politics there. But by and large, for me, although I have a lot of political opinions, I don't feel qualified enough in that particular area uh, to tell, to have a podcast. Because I think when you have a podcast that people listen to, you take on a certain level of responsibility in that people are going to listen to that and they're going to assume that you are are in some way some kind of authority, or they may assume that you're some way some kind of authority. And because to me, politics is so important, I don't feel I have the qualifications to speak to the subject uh, to do anybody any justice in that matter. Well, um, I'm going to disagree a little bit with Chris here, because I think that most of the people that do talk about politics in public forums uh, don't necessarily have any special qualifications other than, and I would hope this is true, taking the time, investing the time into learning about the situation fully before espousing any sort of one belief or another. Well, and, and you're right, but my thing, I don't, but I don't think most people, yeah, but I think, well, here, here's the thing, I mean, here's me politically. I don't really say that I'm, I'm right wing or that I'm left wing, uh, left wing. It depends on the, um, <laughs> what well, you say left, you say left wing. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I view politics is like one big chicken. You just got to pick the part you love. I'm a left leg kind of guy. No. Yeah, I'm not a right wing kind of guy. <laughs> Mark's a thigh man, you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> God, we're idiots. Uh, see, this is why we shouldn't talk politics. Uh, no, it's because um, I personally, like, I, I don't walk around saying like, oh, I'm, I'm liberal or oh, I'm conservative. There are things I'm conservative about. There are things I'm liberal about. And there's no, I don't know, there's a podcast market for that guy. I mean, it seems to me the people that do successful on radio and podcast are the people that uh, are either giving confirmation bias to the right side or giving confirmation bias to the left side. Well, the the people that are out there tend to be very polarized. Right. You know, it's, they attract one group. I'm wondering if they're... If there is a moderate group in there, because I think most people are in the same boat in that, you know, they want factional information. They just, you know, uh, but they're not one way or the other 100%. There is a large percent of the population that is, and those are the ones you hear about the most. But I think most people are fairly neutral on the whole. I mean, they go, they have, they have, it comes down to the specific subject on how they lean, not just, not just a, Oh, I'm absolutely right wing or absolutely left wing. I think there's a large central there that can kind of see it from both sides. I, I agree with that, but I think there's all, I mean, I think there's a lot of it is um, the as far as political podcasts go or political radio shows, even as far as they go. I, I think you end up seeing um, people got to pick one. They always what? <laughs> and so this was the beginning of the end of medical stuff, <laughs> right? They started talking politics and it spiraled out of control. It's basically, basically, the next 14 episodes are Chris you're, saying, You're wrong, Chris. You're wrong. <laughs> but yeah, but I think, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think in order to get, I think a lot of the podcasts there, in order to really get anywhere, they got to really pick one side or the other. And I think it's technically impossible for one side to always be right. But 
Oh, they pretty yeah. much have to present it that way. And they often do present it that way, even in the face of facts going the other direction. Well, I will say this. Even if we were inclined to do such a podcast, we don't have the time. Right. Because <laughs> that would take an intense amount of research on top of the research we're doing on a consistent yeah. basis. And, you know, we're both working full-time jobs. I think Chris just tried to drown himself while drinking some water. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> um. So, so fun thing about Chris uh, he can only really do one thing at a time. Really oh, yeah. Well. I'm definitely very much uh, – I am an axe. I am not a Swiss Army knife. Right. <laughs> well, if you're going to be throwing a, a baseball with Chris, he can either catch well or throw well on any given right. day. Can't do both at It's the not going to happen. This is a man who, as we're walking through a hospital, he's is behind this the wet floor side again? And he tries to jump <laughs> a wet floor side – fails, ends up stumbling down the hall into my back as we're rolling, as I'm myself and the third rider are rolling a patient down the hallway. And of course the floor side like falls over and clack. It's just like, Oh it. yeah. Everybody's watching. This. So, but do we have any more questions, Mr. Fink? Uh, let me double check. I think that was the last one. Um, yeah, check it out. Oh, I did want to mention one more thing about what it takes to run a podcast. Um, I just want to talk about mm -hmm. our show prep a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, so so show prep. So we talked about earlier how we didn't really have show prep before. I mean, we do research but kind of independently of each other. Now pretty much what we've done now is we sit down and we do these sessions where, you know, it's two or three at a time. Uh, and Mark and I each we, – we basically divvy up the shows on who does the prep right. for each one. And then that person kind of guides that show. Like, for example, so erectile dysfunction, that was one that uh, Mark Mark took ownership of. So he did the show prep on it, which is basically just an outline of what we're going to talk about and when, along with information or a picture or something in there. Uh, and then I did, like, cardiovascular was one that I did before that. And so – and the show prep is not – it's not a script. Not, not by any stretch of the imagination. Show prep is really – it's just kind of a guide of the points we want to hit, and it sets a rhythm or a cadence, if you will. Like, uh, for example, we just recorded um, the digest the digestive system, and the way I set up the outline was essentially we were going to talk about it um, in order of the GI tract and how various organs interact with the digestive system as food moves down, and that's just and that's basically what the show prep was for. And then if the other person Mark, you know, wants to chime in with something that's not on the outline, by all means, chime in with something that's not in the outline. But yeah, so that's kind of our, um, that's kind of how we do show prep. Right. We, uh, we research it and then we try and keep it as flowing as naturally as possible. This is probably why we go off some, on some tangents sometimes, mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, um, but we always try and bring it back to that core material so that we get through. Uh, everything we want to talk about for that episode. Yeah. So anything else, Mr. Frankston? You know what? Uh, I've talked about, uh, talked about you enough. <laughs> uh, there's no such thing. So, <laughs> I am an infinite. Well, so, so this is medical stuff. Uh, my name is Mark Frankham. That is Chris Frankston sitting right over there. <laughs> we already ki we killed that illusion earlier, and that's Mark's dog Willie <laughs> exactly. in the background, shaking a background. Apparently, it's time to go to bed because he's down here looking at me like, "What the hell?" <laughs> it's bedtime, Mark. Um, 
like I said, if you have any more questions, please email us at, at midsidestuff at yahoo.com. That's M-E-D-S-I-D-E-S-T-U-F-F. We're on the Facebooks. We're on the tweets. We're on the Instagram. Our Twitter is, uh, what is it, Medical Stuff 52 Nope. Uh, Twitter is at Medside Stuff. Instagram is Medical Stuff 52 We're on That's Facebook right. at Medical Stuff. You can email us or can contact us on any of those platforms. You think that'd be – see, remember how earlier I said Mark handles most of the social media stuff? <laughs> There's your proof. Because I actually remember what they are. Yeah. He has to so, log into them every day. <laughs> exactly. So please send us questions. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have any uh, concerns about stuff, If you, even if you want a little bit of clarification on something we talked about. You know, uh, if you ask us to keep it private, it won't show up on the show at all. And even if it does show up on the show, we would never use anybody's name. So, yeah. Yeah. Let us know how you're doing. Say hi. Tell us we're idiots. We tell each other that constantly. We're told that by other people in our lives. So, you won't be hurting us. All right. (laughs) Toast. Toast.